back to um, the Imaginary Movie Podcast. Hey, podcast. Uh, well, you weren't anywhere. It's fine. This is a new episode. Uh, we watch a movie and then we talk about it. Uh, my name's David and um, I was so outraged on a class basis that I didn't come up with a funny thing to say at the start <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> hey, me too. We're both outraged by the uh, just extravagant poor people hating in this movie and it seems like most of the movies that this guy makes jesus what's going on with that more to come soon listener (laughs) so because we called a teaser in the trade yeah you Um, can fast forward it doesn't matter (laughs) then either it's fine start in the middle cats cats live cats and dogs living together yeah um this week we watched we watched the 2014 comedy spy thriller it's just a number of words I've just made up off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> Kingsman uh, from 2014. Uh, Kingsman: The Secret Service is the uh, is the full title. Colin Firth, Sam Jackson, Michael Caine, and whatever the hell the main guy. Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton. That's right. That's correct. Yes. Best known for the Eddie the Eagle film. Didn't see the Elton John film didn't see uh something about a goldfinch maybe didn't see that either saw an advert no. for it that's <laughs> pretty much like seeing it i think you can be you can you can with authority talk about that movie uh now you've seen i feel like it was that year it. i went to the cinema a lot so i saw the i saw the trailer a lot something about stealing a van gogh painting i could probably tell you most of the plot but it, it, i would be making it up yeah anyway that's, yeah uh 2014 was nearly 10 years ago i just want to um Shock you to your very core. I was. I mean, we are recording this in November. I think this came out in uh, February, yep. uh, two thousand fourteen. Three months short of ten years. <laughs> so we like that's insane. It's nineteen ninety seven, right? Right now, yeah. It is. Yeah. Nineteen ninety was about ten years ago. So I'm thirty three, but and I was born that year. But that was about about ten years ago, right? The seventies was thirty years ago, and the eighties was twenty years ago. And that's where we're at. The 50s was 50. It's very simple if we just pretend we are on uh, September the 10th, 2001. Everything's great. Everything's coming up Millhouse for everyone. And I think we just need to try and retain ourselves in that happy place. But Which we're not going to do by watching this movie. No. Uh, which, have you seen this movie before, by the way, Sam? No, this is my first watch. I'd heard lots about it. And it was one of those, it's one of those like reddit movies do you know what i mean it's one of those ones that, that that comes up on on reddit and the redditors are really into this movie and like and so i was a i was a bit i was a bit suspect the whole vibe of the film you know from the trailers from the the the, the artwork and everything i just felt like mm, i'm not really sure about this movie so i've never sought it out in nine years and you know to 10 months Nine or whatever months. it is that we've got left that we've got left so so yes this is my first watched and i i don't know had you you've seen it before though yeah i've seen i've seen the sequel in fact i saw this i don't think i saw this at the cinema i don't think but i have seen it more than once because i think it's like a you know people putting it on it's I, I, yeah, I enjoy this movie, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it when I first watched it. I enjoyed it when I watched it uh, the other night. Um, 
the sequels. Well, we'll talk about the sequel. I've got I've got things to tell you about the sequel. Um, but yeah, I've seen this before, and like it's an interesting where this movie sits in that on paper there's quite a lot of offensive shit in this movie, and I don't mean that in the traditional sense. Um, I just mean that in a in a class sense, in a um, in a mm. in an affluenza sort of sense. This is a very mm. objectionable mm-hmm. sort of movie, mm-hmm. um, but it's a lot of fun. It's not like the Beverly Hills Cop fun. It's not something I'm going to come back to and be like, oh yeah, cool, we're back with the gang in 2014. Because maybe because it's just the blandest like, time period in the entire of history. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's fine. I look, yeah, well, I think about this movie a bit actually. Like I think about some of those Austin Powers movies. But even as I'm saying that sentence. Those movies are probably way more objectionable than this movie, even. Yeah, but for but, different reasons. But maybe more fun, and this is why we're gonna. I we, don't know about. I that. think we should rewatch them. Can we them? put an Austin think... Powers? Can we put an Austin Powers on the docket? I think we have to. I think it's it's time. We're ready. We're ready. The audience is ready. We're ready. And I we can... don't know. Can we do one without blackface? Can we do one of the ones that hasn't got blackface? In it? Um, do any of them not have that? Do any of them not? Do any of them? I think. I just I think. I just don't need Michael Myers in blackface or Asian face. I just don't need it, Sam. I just. It's it had its day. We all thought it was hilarious in fucking nineteen seventeen sixty three or whenever it Michael Myers was the height of his powers. Is Austin Powers maybe? That like, feels like it? a. There was a cut off in two thousand and nine. I feel like the last Austin Powers was in two thousand and nine, and that was like the very last, the very last second you could make that movie and not be actually like bombed by extremists. Yeah, ninety seven was the first one. Then ninety nine. Then two thousand and two for Gold Member. So. <clears throat> that, wow, I really biffed that. 2002 is 21 years ago. That movie can go to any bar in America and have a drink. Unbelievable. I really, really want to watch these films. Almost to the point of saying we should watch them sequentially just so we can... We can... <laughs> hey, great ways to kill the podcast dead for 2024 is us watching three Austin Powers movies back to back. We can just sweat into it. Do you know what I mean? Just compl- like immerse ourselves in the absolute horror of, yeah, of twenty years ago. Go and throw myself in a manure pile. That's fine. Also, like, <laughs> that's not a problem. I could just, I don't know, go to a listen, Dave. I, that's I don't a, know. That's a, a war widow's coffee morning. I could just do that. That sounds like a more of a laugh than watching all three of these movies back to back. You jumping in manure is a Patreon tier that we have not yet reached. So I think oh, my OnlyFans like... is doing gangbusters though on that. Um, <laughs> People really into really into um, rural scat. I I don't get it myself. <laughs> it's weird, uh, but if the money keeps coming, so that's also who, the who name of I? your it's also the name of your profile, isn't it? Uh, Onlyfans.com/slash/ruralscat. <laughs> look it up, listener. Look it up. Yeah, look it up. Subscribe. You want that premium level? <laughs> yes. None of you so cheap one dollars a month animals. people. You fucking cheap fuckers. You're not getting anything. <laughs> you get nothing. Uh, good. Right. So you're, you're getting so added, Kingsman. And, so yeah, Kingsman. Kingsman. <laughs> so I had a point though. You mentioned you mentioned Beverly Hill Cops. Beverly Hills Cop. I still cannot get that do you, right. Do, do you have you have a, had a brain injury? No, I think it might be the the latent dyslexia that's that's slipping through there. So Beverly Cop Hills is a great movie from the eighties. A time of pure reactionary right wing infused media 
pumped into our television sets and, and, and movie screens. Like, like that's a that's a pretty reactionary movie. You know, that's a pretty right wing feel. And all throughout the eighties, we get those type of films when Thatcher, Reagan, two people who get special mentions in this movie, and all of like the vibe is there. It's money, money, money. It's about wealth it's about power it's about class it's about fuck you you know we're gonna go and go to the strip club it's gonna be great blah blah like all of the things that we get in 80s movies and for me watching this for the first time it feels just like that like we are in the same zone of of this reverence for wealth and authority and hoity-toity like you know any and even even the way it shot some of the fight scenes, some of the violence, like it's all just dripping with that same kind of 80s action movie vibe. Which would you think I'd be like, fucking great, because who doesn't enjoy And it, a bit it of is, that? to be to its credit, it is mostly quite fun. I think my overwhelming reaction when I first yeah. we watched this again was to this movie's credit, I think the best thing this movie does is like the whole movie is a stupid high wire. Like it's a high wire suspended above stupid canyon. Um, and the <laughs> movie does a really good heads. job. Lasers on their exactly. heads. Exactly. The yeah. stupidest thing you can possibly <laughs> imagine. By the way, sharks with lasers on their heads. I'm fairly sure that's an Austin Powers movie. Just it's exa- it is exactly. That's, what, that's why that. I reference it. And that's why I reference it. So you're on the stupid high wire and the movie does an amazing job of you're constantly aware you're on the stupid highway. You're constantly aware of all the stupidity beneath you. But you don't fall off, really. Which I think is... Again, it's not... It's amazing. It's amazing that you can make a movie... And, and well, I want to get into how stupid this movie is. Instead. Yeah, can I, can I just... Um, hold on. Can I just add to that point, though? Because you're right. You are on this highway. You're, da- you're going forward. You've got one of those big bars. And then, in the last half an hour, you, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style smiling looking at her and he chops the bridge in half and you fall down and get eaten by those very aggressive crocodiles like the movie's great up until that last segment when i it it soured so quickly so i don't think again i don't think it's that stupidity breaks in i just think it's boring the ending let's let's save the ending for the end i think let's yeah in this situation i just want i want to build to that point because i want to want to build it now again Real credit to this movie is that, like, not many movies could be this stupid and this overtly stupid and it not ruin the movie for you. And I think that it works pretty well. It balances pretty good. Um, so the general plot of this movie is that um, Kingsman, 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 the Kingsman, um, yeah. is a secret extrajudicial um, espionage agency uh, with a front as a tailor shop, uh, run by um, old rich Etonians. white guys. I would say I would say not even Oxbridge. I think Oxbridge is more egalitarian than these people. Um, run by run by Etonians, staffed by Etonians, um, and that's who, people who go to Eton for any non. Yeah, like the prime minister and all the prime minister's friends and all of our previous five to six male prime ministers and all yeah. of their friends and fathers and cousins and men, lots of lots of men. Um, and what's my point here? Yeah, so the, the Kingsman organi- organization, um, a an espionage organization that seems 
like just as as logical and just as much oversight as isis from archer um and (laughs) they go around the world um carrying out i guess they go around the world toppling democratically elected governments oh yeah they were they were right with selling arms to various Libyan dictators and they um, they were they they took down Allende in 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 uh, in the eighties with the CIA, you know they're oh selling, yeah them, they're them and Kissinger were like that R.I.P. Yes. Kissinger by the way yeah you fucking <laughs> you old dead fuck you thought you were gonna get away with not being mentioned on this irrelevant podcast no one listened to fuck you well this is the problem isn't it now he's gone who 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 is our measure of listen it doesn't matter how evil you are. As long as You're you not sell as your evil soul, as, yeah, yeah it's... You, 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 it's fine because Kissinger's still alive and he's still, uh, you know, living it up. And now he's gone up up to heaven because he's paid his way there, and is plotting to what, invade Valhalla, perhaps, or I don't know what he's doing, but he's definitely orchestrating some shit from beyond the grave. Probably carpet bombing Cambodia again, uh, if I had to, <laughs> I had to guess. Um, but it's just based on previous form. But Mister Kissinger, um... the war's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's been over for 50 years 50 years next year the vietnam war ended again we cannot we cannot do the passage See, of time is shocking is on this podcast anymore sam we're gonna have to we have to the put war- that on a shelf okay no the, the vietnam war over. ended 55 zero 50 years ago anyway yeah. anyway so in this you- movie kingsman is a is an espionage agency um so secretive and so effective that we learn later in the movie that the FBI and the CIA aren't really aware of who they are. Um, we open up with, and we meet our baddies first, which I always like in a movie. Um, we meet Mark Hamill, who's kind of a baddie. Let's talk about him in a sec. And the main guy, which is Samuel L. Jackson's, um, is this like a, like a Mark Zuckerberg type character or an Elon Musk type? Super He's villain? like a tech bro, isn't he? Although I, I hate the casting. I don't. I, I think Samuel L. Jackson, L. Jackson is fine, but I, I hate this casting as like it just doesn't. He's too old. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just too old. Like we need someone who is younger who is he going does, to be able. He does limit the patheticness of if you cast someone who looked like Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk in this, it would just be a little bit like sad, wouldn't it? Like I mean, Elon Musk is, you know, the, the tiniest amount different from this character i would say i can see this being a thing that will play out in the real world elon musk tries to kill us all for reasons um so he can go to mars i don't know i don't know what he's up to uh marrying children or whatever he's, he's just doing. he's, whatever just, he's, he's doing. just ramping up the anti-semitism train and just plowing twitter into the sorry x into the ground x! So he's 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 fine. He'll be fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Elon Musk's ultimate contribution to social media is to turn the Twitter icon, make the Twitter icon look like a porn website. Fantastic. Yeah. Good job. Good yeah. job, Mr. Musk. Anyway, this isn't we're gonna verge massively here. But yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's a tech bro, basically. Um I, I actually quite like the characterization. I think is quite um there's a lot of depth to it in a weird way, where like it's odd, it's it's screwy and it's odd. But I think the performance is generally good, and I like, I like a baddie like this that isn't. It's not Blofeld from James Bond, but it's certainly like Blofeld adjacent, where this guy isn't like zapping James Bond's balls for like the fun of it, but 
he's, he's also purpose, like he? He, he, yeah he, he's got a he's got a drive which is and if i get I'm, again i'm kind of hazy on this bit of a hazy movie but he's like an environmentalist and he sees the world being destroyed by humans parasitic humans who are gonna you know these 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 slobbering masses of fucking well the line people. the line is overpopulation which is a real thing there's a real environmentalist like not environmentalist maybe but it's a, it's a real scientific thing which is that um there's a decent argument that overpopulation we are currently at you know more we the earth can't support tons more people basically um and the idea proposed especially by sam jackson in this movie is that the line is is that the earth global warming is like the body's autoimmune response which is to heat up to kill the bacteria which is stupid um but not so stupid that millions and millions of people wouldn't believe it straight away because again there are flat earthers out there and things so yeah th- th- this is where we're hitting the uh, <laughs> the, the stupid sea the matthew vaughnness don't fall. <laughs> Keep paddling. Don't fall. <laughs> we can do this all night. It, 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 we, we hit, we, I think, the first kind of like taste of the Matthew Vaughan-ness of this. Now, I didn't know who this guy was. I was like, oh, he did Kick-Ass. Oh, that's a, that was quite fun. Like, like you know, those kind of like ultra-violent but engaging. And, and then I kind of dug a little bit deeper into this guy. It turns out, yeah, he's a... He's a conservative. He's like donate, you know, I'm not sure if he's donated to the Tory party, but he's made videos for the Tory party and he's talked a lot about how he thinks that Tories are fucking great. Now, anyway, that's beside the point. But I think what's happening here, though, is we're conflating in a 2014 world 10 years ago. We're we're conflating like environmentalism, which we're still in that sunny um, uh, you know, uplands of ah, it'll be fine. We'll sort that out later. It's hey, are we going to do anything about it now? Absolutely not. Are we going to do anything about it in ten years? Still not. But what we are going to do is kind of like treat this as a bit of a joke, and that's kind of where this is coming from. Like he's 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 an environmentalist. He's also a genocidal maniac, and those two things are slammed together like a you know clapping yeah. with a pie in so your the, hand. Let's talk about the plot. We the not the plot, but the um, that's confusing. The uh, nefarious plot, rather than the theme, the film's plot. Let's talk about the nefarious plot, and then we can like actually work the storyline in in a second. I think because it yeah. makes sense to do it that way. So the general so, plan is to they've got this brown noise. If you're familiar with what that is, um, you're listening to it right now. Listen, there it is. <laughs> Did you just shit yourself? Yeah, you just shit yourself. <laughs> Um, so they've got this noise. This <clears throat> they've got this these transmitters, and this is like the magic bean of the of the movie. Um, is they've got these transmitters that will like make our primate brains go mad and we'll all murder each other. So the idea is, if we can get the signal to enough places and activate it, we can get something like we can get half of the world's population to kill the other half or whatever i don't know they don't really get into numbers um it's it's like a clockwork orange phone signal isn't it like that everyone is just being turned into violent monsters and we're going to kill each other and then there'll be less humans left but we're going to retain the good people so all the so they couldn't uh, make the... it work in america because everyone would act completely exactly the same as they usually would yeah, yeah this is no this is just la at any time of the day what are we talking about or newcastle on a saturday night that was a really bad time to Start yeah, it, you know. Yeah. 
So, but, but, so this is, but this is, and this is fine. This is, again, it's fine. I don't, the plot of this film is, is, is kind of inconsequential, but basically this guy is trying to destroy the world and he's, he's, for some reason, he's capturing all the people who won't, um, all these rich people who, who won't like say, okay, I'll have that implanted in my I'm going to say one word to you, Sam, and it's bloodlines. There's a real, like, uh, there's a real eugenics vibe in this movie. Yes, um, and 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 that's where I think the right winginess of this movie is just dripping because they're like, oh, environmentalists, and this is the evil plan. You know, they're literally going to destroy the civilization. These rabid environmentalists to to carry out their you know their kind of master plan to take over the world. Like it's fine, it's fun. Okay, okay, I'm with you. Like, all right, movie, but let's not talk about it too much, hey? Because otherwise, we're going to start realizing how stupid it is. And and it, again, keep pedaling because we're on this high wire over the <laughs> open <laughs> Niagara Falls with the sharks with lasers. You know, getting eaten by bigger sharks with bigger lasers. All of this progresses perfectly well. So that's fine. And then we have, like, the main character of the movie. We have Eggy, or whatever his name is. Why is he called Eggy? Eggsy. Do you know what, actually? This is, something, this is something I liked. Um, and I hate, I hate to mention I think this is based on a comic, but that's, that's the only time we're going to mention oh, it. Oh, who cares? the research I've done. However, the, the character's name is Eggsy Unwin or something. He's called Eggsy. That's fine. Gary, I don't mind Gary it as a character Unwin. name. And do you know what I do like? I do like that we don't get the fucking origin story to why this guy has a nickname. I think it's fine. I think it's fine for people to have nicknames. It's okay. Um, yeah. I'm sure there is a line. There is something about... I'm not sure there is. There's a lot of stupid matter. lines in this movie, Sam, but I didn't notice that stupid line. But this this guy, this this boy is... is uh, he. Well, look, I don't want to explain the plot because most people have probably seen the movie, but basically he's gone from this life this assured middle class life that he was going to have with his dad in the in the fascist secret service to his dad gets killed it's Colin Firth's fault and now he's lives in the fucking gutter with the poor people and his mum stops washing her hair for some reason and completely changes all of her that's weird why is this that happening this is the most this is the most pl- this is what offends me about this movie um it's the most plastic poverty I think, and I think especially because it's British, and I think that's why it's so noticeable to us. Because, yes. like, largely, actually, not a lot of British movies like this, like spy movies, international thrillers, apart from James Bond, and they've made a thousand of those. So, set them aside. Apart from that, and they're not concerned with poverty. Apart from them, um, there's not loads and loads of these this kind of movie. I was trying to think, like, is Johnny English is like a good example of a recent sort of series of spy movies set in the UK. Um, yeah. But there's not. But there's not tons and tons, especially this sort of actiony, silly, heightened spy movie. More like gangster movies, like American American examples. movies. Yeah, yeah, probably more like the type of thing we'd get. Yeah, yeah, but I would say the Guy Ritchie movies are also somewhat more grounded in, you know, they haven't got like spy gadgets in them. Um, but that's the conversation for a different time because I also have issues with Guy Ritchie and his and his movies, and him being. Anyway, let's not get into that. Uh, so in this movie. Um, Eggsy is is our uh, Taron Edgerton, um, I believe, uh, our main character, and um, like you said, he's a rough and tumble guy. We see him steal a car, and that's the only bad, the literally the only bad thing he does. Uh, we get an amazing line from Colin Firth when he when he bails him out of the police station, uh, which is, <laughs> "Your primary school scores are off the chart. You've got a really, you've got an astro- astronomically high IQ." 
and then you let it all go. You quit the gymnastics team, and I'm like, what fucking moron did their research? This guy lives in presumably somewhere in London, right? Um, and I'd love to have a Londoner on to tell me about how bad this the accents in this movie are because this isn't oh, how people talk. We can talk about accents soon, please. I have so much to say. We can, but this this is not how people talk, and this is very much a this is very much like an Etonian right, view bruv. or an American view of how working class British people talk. Now we only really have about six working class characters in this movie. We've got Eggsy. Eggsy's mum, Eggsy's vague gangster slash criminal stepdad who beats his mum up and seemingly works out of an East End pub. Um, and again, I would have liked maybe just a bit on that, but he's working class, Sam, and he was primary school scores were off the charts. Um, you know, he was on he was on that red pen like months before the other kids. They yeah. were still on the. He pencils. could have escaped. He could have escaped. The, the system, systematic well, this poverty is the re- that we've this is created. The rhetoric that, like, that he's left school and he's not got a job. Dead. That's a line as well. Oh, you've never had a job. I'll and it's like, well, yeah, lots of rich people have never had jobs either. The only problem you've got with that, that is this guy's poor. This, you know, if Colin Firth really wanted to uh, uh, secure this young man's future after having his, you know, his father killed, instead of giving him a, giving him a brooch, you know, maybe like vote for political parties that are up for redistribution of wealth. Like that might be a good start, Colin. Like that, this is this guy's problem. And and the movie's like, I give a fuck about that. He's poor. He's a poor person and that's enough. And so what we're going to do, we're going to spend the entire movie re-educating this young man and we're going to turn him into something that's that's useful and he's going to be have manners and he's going to be... Yeah, because polite, Sam, he, God forbid... This is the main problem with this movie. God forbid we give money to poor people. God forbid. God forbid. Because what would they do with it? Those idiots. And that's where we get back to again. And now this is where it's confused. And I, and I think I don't want to overdo this because I don't think this is like a really like a right wing plot movie. This isn't this isn't coming out of the, the, the playbook of someone who's really trying to tell a, a political story about this because... Uh, the Valentine, uh, Sam Jackson's character, he's kind of got that like over that kind of these idiots need to kill themselves and we're going to have a utopian thing and we're going to blast it off to the moon with Anne Landers and oh no, it's going to the sun. Like all of this stuff is is ripped through the movie. So it's really confused in that way. But I just I hate the portrayal. I hate the portrayal of this character. I hate the portrayal of his life. And like, it's just, it's the all movie- these little things does well i think does well to get us away from that quite quickly yeah um and then we're into the what i in my head i refer to as the uh, do you ever read the alex rider books when you were a kid i did mm-hmm. I, we get into the alex rider bit which is the the um uh mrs brown's boarding school for special talented boys um which we get uh where they basically go to this weird sort of like um stately home which i bet i bet the public is paying for um, <laughs> I bet I, I bet these fuckers are getting money from English Heritage to repair that roof. I, you know, do you know what I mean? Anyway, welcome to the Imaginary Marxist Podcast. <laughs> Nothing imaginary about the Marxism in this in this podcast house. One thing before we move off to this lovely stately home where they all get refined is like they're just leaving the fucking mom there though with the baby. 
fuck you. We don't give and a, a black shit about that. Yeah, fuck you. And and the abusive like the the movie's like what well, uh, doesn't matter. It's fine. It's like, dude, if you also got Sam to do all this, this, this guy, the husband, the, the dad, got fucking blown up in Afghanistan on some like non sanctioned like snatch and grab and torture and murder mission. And they were in Abu Ghraib. They, they, they were the they ones doing it. They didn't give his wife any money. I know. Anyway, anyway, we're out of it. No, we're not gone. anyway, because, because, it's, because it's the point of the movie, isn't it? It's like, it's all these things that the movie is just presenting to us and then saying, meh, we don't care. Now, that's, I what think, What I'm saying, more... Sam, is that, yes, it's an annoying thing about the script. However, in terms of the movie, I think it really works to get us from A to B to C to the actual yeah. interesting part of the movie where for better or for worse, the bulk of this movie is the sort of the training montage. Really? You've got the Sam Jackson, Colin first stuff going on in the background, but the bulk of this movie is the, you know, the spy kids bit. It's the, it's the training montage. It's all of these like young, sexy people doing young, sexy things. And they're, shooting each other with sniper rifles and they're jumping out of planes and they're going to nightclubs to try and seduce women. Oh, and there's a woman seducing the woman. Isn't it sexy? And I'm saying that in a disparaging way, but it's fun and it moves and it's entertaining. And yeah. I think this is where we get to enjoy the performances of like, I think Edgerton is quite good accent, obviously, but I think he's quite funny sometimes when he picks the the pug because he thinks he's a bulldog i actually think that's a really underrated funny joke i'm surprised they left in this movie um the um female lead i think she's called roxy uh in this movie um she's really good uh as like a foil and you've got the the shit heel guy charlie i think he's called the 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 etonian um who exists to be the like rich silver spoon fed arsehole that, that that kind of like is the the heel of much of the middle of this movie yeah. Um, and it's a good setup generally. I think it works. Sophie Cookson uh, plays. Sophie Cookson uh, plays Roxy. You don't need to remember um, that name because she has very little to do with the rest of the movie. She's not but, even listed in the top cast thing on IMDb because she's just kind of like there as a I don't know what her role is. It's bizarre, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I had fun. So all of my moaning, all of my you know fucking wanky politics stuff is kind of because it is fun it's engaging i think this comes from direction actually i think the direction of this is in certain parts that aren't fight scenes really it's competent isn't it really cut like fun and in good sets and everything's looking crisp and clean and it's like it moves we don't get that much downtime we get kind of move from scene to scene so i at no point was i bored at no point was i thinking about what's going on here other than the last half an hour but 20 minutes yeah and and so I think like the mechanics are there. Now this is where this is like a bit of a, a frustrating movie because it's kind of building on all the all the things that have come before it. Obviously, James Bond. This is just it's just a James Bond movie. You can't talk about you cannot talk about any sort of espionage without it coming back to James Bond, which is fine, which is great. I don't know if it's a parody of some of the things. It's not a parody as a film, but some of the things it's within this. Well, I, I'm not sure because you know that we get this, we get the the gadgets, and he has all the gadgets, and he uses them all. He has the ring, is he has the the lighter, and all these other things. Like a lot of this stuff is directly lifted, and it is completely. It, it, it's not trying to, I don't think, do anything new. It's not bringing anything new no, to the table. No, what I think it's doing is deliberately having those nods towards James Bond. But not in the way that Austin Powers does, which does the same thing, but it's spoofing James Bond. Yeah. So, 
Whereas this, I think, is like a. This isn't a spoof. This isn't a satire. This is, this is an no, but, homage to the yeah. genre. I think. Um, it, but, I think but, it comes across as more silly because it it just. I think it just is. The writing is more silly and. and but see, you that's know, where Sam that's Jackson's where I, I struggle though. That's where I struggle though because I think there is like there's a real fun. There is a funny edge to this movie. And the movie's kind of like with you. Oh yeah, it's, we're, we're going to have good laughs. It's going to be light. It's going to be, and then also all the all the all the stuff that's in it that could be funny, kind of isn't. Like we don't get a Q character in that same way. We don't get the 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 funny. This is very specific. Why why would you have? Why would you need this? Like how are you? Go, what situation do you think you're going to be using this gadget in? And then flash forward. Oh. Here is the situation. Perfect. There we go. Boom. Like I think we could have done a little bit more with that, or tone it down and make it a bit more serious. Like there's just it's this weird. In I think uh, it, like, I think it works. Point, you know that um, it just floats through. I think it works as an action sort of spy movie, and um, I get what you mean. But I like how it's just. Oh no, we've got all these gadgets. It's not like a. And now we've got the lighter that turns into a grenade, and we've got the. The thinking man wants the umbrella that's bulletproof. I like how these things just exist. They're tools that the characters can use. And it's a nod to James Bond. And it's a nod to kind of like the spy genre that has been built up. But without being like an overly like elbowy, Austin Powersy, like, oh yeah, you see what we did yeah. there? We're fucking going back to that. And there are, we could, we could go through and list all the different references in this movie, and we shouldn't. But um, ultimately, I think that all works reasonably well. And it, if you think about it, if you put um anyone but samuel l jackson basically in this movie as like a serious villain um you know you took all the silly aspects away you know the cheeseburgers and the lisp and the woman with knives on her feet i think you would end up getting a much more much more like a james bond movie i think it'd be very very tonally similar and it's the wacky is the word it's the wacky stuff in this movie that kind of separates it tonally from that series rather than anything particularly in the script, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the kind of it's the impression, isn't it, rather than necessarily. And it's like fine. To, gonna... It's fun to see a director as well, kind of like take a genre like this, and he did kind of do the same thing with with Kickass to a certain extent. Take a genre and kind of just take it for a walk. And he obviously likes these movies. He's obviously like into the spy genre, or aware enough of it to do these things, and just take it and kind of like give us his spin of it. And it's not perfect absolutely not but again you kind of you're still on the wire you're still on that high wire you're still enjoying it you're still moving forwards mostly yeah one area where i definitely think there's a big wobble is like we talked about the reverence to like you know how cool rich people are with their with their with their scotch and their suits and i just think the amount of time we spend building the facade of like look at these guys are in savile row and they're getting these like to then not use any of it yeah well to not use any of it but also just they just the film feels like it's reveling a little bit too much in that and i don't just mean that from like a class point of view i just mean from a point of view great we've seen these suits now fantastic great colin firth you're really erudite and you know sophisticated excellent that's great could we could we do something now? Like, could we just stop having conversations about how fucking refined we all are? And I just think there's a bit of the thing where this this movie is desperate to appear sophisticated in a way that's kind of at odds with 
the type of low-key sophistication that these characters would well, probably have. You know, it's like... gone the opposite direction from James Bond, which as a, as a series has gone from being Savile Row suits, cigars, you know, brandy over Baccarat yes. and yes. an odd job with the steel hat. It's gone from that to these Daniel Craig Bond films, which are way more grounded and way more gritty and way more serious. Mm. And he spends mm-hmm. a lot more time basically in the Bruce Wayne get up, you know, a vest covered in blood. Um than than he does in casinos, you know, with a three piece suit on. Daniel Craig and he's not smashed like in Casino Royale. <laughs> Can you not? Can we not do that? Fucking, we're gonna do that movie eventually. And Jesus Christ, like I, that, give me this fucking ten times out of ten, please. Um, there's a line, you know. There's a line. Anyway, um, whereas, whereas this movie is very much like it's into the aesthetic, and the movie is about the look of it. It's certainly a huge part of why it works is because it's interesting to look at. Yeah. I think if you took that out of it as well, I think then you've got a very boring run of the mill. There's a thousand of these movies. You know, there was that one with Kit Harrington and um whoever else and it's like, yeah, let's let's stop producing fifteen of them a year. You know, like the taken movies, like the bland, boring. Yeah. Like just sea of grey. There when is. This there isn't, is. It's bright and it pops and the set design is good, the production design, the costume design, the casting. I think generally it's all pretty good. Yeah, there, and there is something to be said about that. But I, it, it, I guess it's just it's going for something. I, I really wonder. Like this is this is like a proper, it's like a male fantasy movie, isn't it? In the same way that James Bond is like a male fantasy movie. <laughs> I was say, in the same way that probably about ninety three percent of all movies ever made are. Yeah. Yes. But I'm thinking more. I, I don't think just. Well, I this is why I thought hard. Alex Ryder when I was watching it because it yeah. very much is. This is just a guy, you know, just a guy. I'm as poor as this guy. I'm poorer even. Um, Certainly older and fatter. Um, (laughs) And he just gets plucked off the street and he gets to go to like magic rich rich person camp where he gets to learn all of these magic rich person skills and then graduates to being a magic rich person. Um, And his magic is in that he has loads of money. And I'm like, yes, all of that money is very attractive. I, I get what you mean. Um... And that's what made me think of the Alex Ryder connection as well. Is very much that like that could be me. That's the magic of those books. That's the magic escape, of this movie. Escape from the poverty by becoming a secret agent. Everyone I else, would like you to play murder the less people in my escape from poverty. Sorry, um, Dave. But, uh, that's the only way out. It's the only way out. I'm afraid. In fact, you could have find a dog and kill it. That's your job. <laughs> I'm going to get rich killing dogs. Interesting. Yeah. Page yeah. news. Well, speaking of front pages, this this. This is a Fox Pictures, by the way, and boy, do we know because we get the wa- now I, the wall of pl- plastered in the sun from the ages, including the one where they bombed the fucking the the gotcha. I am, Argent- and I am Argentina, amazed, by the way. I am Grano amazed one, like, that we what? don't get a page three joke. What? Just as decide, just as surely. Surely Colin Firth is reading The Times. He is not reading... If you're going to put any Rupert Murdoch paper, he is not reading The Sun. I mean... Yes, Sam, but presumably in 2014, The Sun was the paper that needed the product placement, not The Times. Not The Times. I think it's about the audience whispering, because if you like this movie, I'm accusing you of being a thick. But I think this is like... A, a, a thick. A thick. <laughs> a thicko. This is the... This is the um, the sales. Amazed. There was hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. The, the sales, the sales of 
tweed suits and and Dalwini whiskey must have gone through the roof in certain demographics after seeing this. This is a really successful, popular movie because it's a male fantasy movie about how cool you look if you buy all this old 1950s shit. Like, I just... It does feel like we are catering to a specific male audience here who probably is going to read the sub. It's probably going to be right up the loving the aspirational fucking that's right wealth of this movie, and maybe comes from that kind of woo. But like, I just think there's a there's a weirdness to this. And him reading the sun, Colin Firth, he's reading the Financial Times. He's he's. He's reading the London Review of Books. Like, we are going higher and higher up the fucking well, snob. Like you said, the Can product they? placement in this movie, I think, is kind of a bit all over the place. Um, and, like, yeah, we've got The Sun, which, I mean, if you're not from the UK, it's a trash tabloid newspaper. New but York used Post. to be famous. Used to, the most, the most interesting thing about The Sun is that for years and years, on page three, the first inside page, there would be a topless model. Every day. Oh, every day. And so it was that, and they've they've stopped doing that, I believe. They had a countdown in the eighties, I think, to when a fifteen-year-old turned sixteen, and they counted down the days until they could have her yep. topless in the. Uh, and that's the paper they choose fantastic. to have. Colin Firth, who's the mark you say he is the most upper class upper class man to ever appear, and and this is just Colin Firth, not even Colin Firth in this movie. Um, and then you put him in this movie in this role, um, and. It's just yeah. it, it's a small point, but I think it reflects to me like again this confused the confused nature of this movie. It doesn't really know what it's doing. Let's um let's talk about Mark Hamill just for a second, very, very briefly. I wanna see more Mark Hamill. I know he's getting old now, so it's not gonna happen, but like you know, when he is on screen, he is an electric actor. He's barely in this, he gets a small role, but he made a massive impact impact on me because I'm like Wow, this character! Look at look at him! Like the way he's shaking when everything's, everyone's getting killed around him, and his voice and every, just like you are amazing. He's a great character. He's a really good character. He's actor, so and, good. And I agree, and I just want him in like small roles like this as well. I don't need the Mark Hamill movie. Like that's fine. You can keep that. But I'd like to see more of. And it was kind of a shame when he gets blown up in this movie, um, because the plot demands that lots of time passes. Uh, so that yeah. XC can learn to be a fascist, not fascist, sorry, um, a freedom guy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's good. He's fun, and it's that's what I was saying about the casting. Is generally, I think there's not like loads of people. There's not loads of actors in this movie, which I think. What are you doing? There's not loads of people who are like, oh, let's get all of our mates in. Um, generally, yeah. I think I think everyone's doing the role that they're given reasonably well. I'll give you one. Who I'm asking? What are you doing? Mark Strong plays Hamish Mycroft, the you know the handler. Now I live in Scotland, so I kind of am pretty attuned to Scottish accents. But this is all over the place. We are like one, 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 one syllable. We're in Glasgow, and then we move to like slightly more refined Edinburgh, and then we're at fucking Dundee, and we're like, what's going on? It's a mess. It's a fucking mess, and it really distracted me. And I just feel sorry for you know the. Scottish accents aren't particularly represented in movies, but it must be really annoying if you know that accent and someone is just butchering it in every single movie. Oh my god! Please, please, someone get him sorted. Like it's terrible, and and it's kind of a dull character. I, as well. I was I was waiting for him to be evil. This didn't bother me. I think I think again, 
like it's fine i think it, you definitely did notice it because you're a bit more you've got a bit more yeah. of an ear for it like and that's yeah i knew it wasn't a good scottish accent but i also it didn't bother me i wasn't offended by it and i couldn't have told you where it kept jumping around to it just sounds like an it's English like glasgow he goes right glasgow and then we're going a little bit more refined <laughs> and we're going up down up in places like aberdeen and then we're pulling back to glasgow and then we're going to edinburgh where it's like it's just a weird it's just a weird small point small point let's talk about the last section of this movie because this is where i'm just like okay i've seen lots of james bond i've seen every james bond movie obviously look at me i've got a podcast on the internet and i think like this this last section of the movie you kind of really makes you appreciate just how good those james bond action movies uh, set pieces are even something as crazy as like moonraker you know when we're we're on the that horrible set that's and everyone's on wires and everything like the spectacle of it all and the size of it and 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 the the different the creativity that we get to see from like how battles are going to go around i just i kind of felt i was being dragged towards the finish line here like it was just a bit is that just me am i being mean-spirited no it's very long it's very confused it's it's overly long this movie is quite long it's two hours ten i think um so it's 130 minutes it's quite a long movie generally for this sort of action movie yeah and the ending just goes on and on and on so long that we get Eggsy goes from the plane and we get some fun little jokes and he goes and he infiltrates the place and he gets on them online. Um, meanwhile, um, <laughs> the character of... Sophie Cookson's character is literally fucking floating up... In a barren balloons, wasteland. Yeah. On some balloons. Uh, so that she's out of the movie. And he infiltrates. He gets into the big room underneath where Samuel L. Jackson is with, with the big... The, the doomsday device, right? And then... The, the plot has him go back to the plane so that they can come back to that room and have the all is lost moment in the corridor with the hundreds of security guys. And it's like, that's a bit much. I actually really liked the blowing up the heads of everyone with the chip. I thought it was really funny. I think that was an important piece of levity. But I think there's 20 minutes too much action on both sides. Like, not 20. You know, there's 10 minutes too much on either side yeah, of this. Yeah. Where yeah. we kind of need to go from the, he's been discovered... He gets in the fight with the with with the with the henchman. Um, he's on the fucking phone with Merlin the whole time. So like, who could give a shit? Um, we don't need to go back to the plane. We don't need to have the awkward fucking anal joke. Uh, we don't need to have <laughs> circle back. Um, we don't need to have all of that. It just feels like dead time. And also, you've got Sophie Cookson floating towards the fucking stratosphere in what looks like half of the rig Sigourney Weaver used to fight the alien in Aliens yeah. um, with these... Um, I, I was kind of imagining that as like, as uh, Eggsy, you know, dun, 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 blah, 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 and then smash cut to silence as she just kind of slowly floats up. And it's never and fully then, explained back, why she needs to be up there. Because seemingly, she pushes Flint. one button to Flint. arm it and one button to fire it. And I'm like, you couldn't fucking make that remote control, Merlin. You're a, you're a fascist fucking uh, uh, spy organisation. You don't got rockets? This is what got rockets for. It's not even in space. 
I don't understand how she's like on the edge of the atmosphere and there's a satellite there because that this is, is where the stupid chasm does seconds. rush up a little bit. It's where you accidentally glance down. We are wobbling you on, this, down and, on this and you get a bit of vertigo. Road. Um, and it, it's a real flaw of the movie because actually what would be really nice is to have the Sophie Cookson character and the exit in, character in, in the same in. room and he gets captured and then she breaks in and rescues him and then they beat Samuel L. Jackson and save the day. But the movie, for some reason, because it, I think you're right, like appealing to that male ego, it's like, right, get the woman out of the movie. It feels like studio notes. And then we have all of that. We have the actually really underwhelming um scene because uh Chekhov's uh knife feet um henchman uh is really poorly thought out <laughs> I'm sorry like even for an early Bond villain this is really poorly thought out um yeah. in terms of like having a satisfying fight scene uh and it's just a bit uh Samuel L. Jackson's Doomsday's device for some reason, is designed so that he can't take his hand off it again. Hold on, hold on, because this is the point where we where we fall off the tightrope. We're Indiana Jones. We cut. We just cut it ourselves. What the fuck? Before you go on, Sophie Batella plays Gazelle quite well. I think is the is the. No, the I like the performance, and yeah. I even I even quite like the the nod of the reference and the inclusion of a silly henchman character. Yeah, I just think that what they it's the did, fight though, by, isn't it? It's, it's the it's fight just, at the end is just and it, too... And it's so tough to choreograph that because how in the fuck do you fight someone with knives for feet? Like, how does yeah. that... I just don't understand. It's all slow-mo. It, it, feels, it feels very, like, mid-2000s in terms of how they did that, whereas... Wire work, I'm, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, it, more, more the... More the um, definitely that, but more the cinematography. I'm thinking back to, like, Jason Bourne style, that, that revolution of he's fighting him with a rolled up newspaper and that's what we're gonna like all of this all of these like changes that we've seen it feels very old-fashioned which is kind of the vibe i guess but i just felt very bored by the whole the whole of this sequence and that really the ending is the worst part of the movie by by a country mile Um, but your point about the handprint on the desk the biometric (laughs) thing what it's a script note it's a script note of we want the the definitely want they want the implied threat they want not even implied threat they want the tension of this device going off so that people start to kill each other but there's then that's a ticking clock of you can only really do that for so many seconds before you then need to end the movie you know you can't have that because it's one you want the one. threat you want the, the mum taking an axe that she somehow has to the bathroom oh, door terrifying. you want that like it's fine i think it's effective don't get me wrong as like a cutaway to to symbolize all of this but you want it but they just again it's like you couldn't have thought of something better than that yeah i don't i i just think i think it's just kind of it's just kind of like it's one of those questions where you're like what so he has to keep his hand sam sam jackson has to keep his hand on the desk to make sure that this all this carries on it's going city to city again through through satellites and oh you know that whole thing that Sophie Cookson was doing irrelevant because they managed just to hack into other satellites so we're like all right fine and then he takes his hand off and it stops and everyone calms down and you're like okay I guess I mean you're we're overthinking it but that's the movie's fault because I think the movie gives us way too much time to be thinking about it like it really should be press the button don't press the button and we get really really close and maybe it just starts up and everyone starts you know for a few seconds but 
we end the movie, this guy gets killed, Sam Jackson gets killed. All of these dignitaries get killed as well, which, as Sam Jackson hangs a lantern on, was pointless because he doesn't stop. He's, they just murder loads of people. Fine. Um, But Sam Jackson has won because the death and destruction that has already begun and they just killed all the dignitaries in the world. So, like, government leaders, the president, everyone's dead. So what's going to happen? And is the... Do, What's the final concern of this movie? What's the last thing it's concerned about? I mean, mostly it's having anal sex with this princess. But I suppose <laughs> technically the very last scene, because that's how the movie, that's the ending. That's your first ending. Is the, and it's the in Moonraker, in Moonraker, it's the exact same thing, except James Bond isn't saying, let's do it in the bum. You know, that's that's literally the ending is like that, except Sean Connery goes, No, the bum <laughs> <laughs> We get we get this shot of this woman's ass and then the movie's like, There we go, that's it. Later on I, I mean who gives up post credits, sorry, that's not part of your movie. If 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 you're that yeah. concerned about it, put it in the fucking thing. But like we we get to see him beat up or threaten to beat up the the, the baddie because the film's like, Oh yeah, these guys' mum's still getting horribly abused that's funny isn't it mm, so we'll just sort that out at the end but like i'm thinking what's happened to the what's happened what's going on on earth now because all the leaders are dead everyone has just beat the shit out of each other which i know they're not getting taken over by the the brain slugs anymore but they're going to be still pretty pissed off with what's happened and there's going to be the, you know, the retribution that's going to and the movie's like yeah. bye what sorry oh no never mind credits yeah and that's again that's part of the tone i i I didn't i'm not too bothered about that because it's kind of like that where where do you draw the line of like with the marvel we talk about it don't we and like at a certain point you don't need to see uh you know falcon and the winter soldier getting denied a bank loan because it's not interesting (laughs) like there's a there's a level isn't there um and actually i'm not i'm not totally i'm not really interested in this movie in the wider world like it's interesting to talk to you about it but yeah. in terms of the movie, I actually think it's fine to just ignore it. But but what about at, what, go on. at the same time? You can't fucking have two bites of the apple. Have your ending and end your fucking movie. Yeah. What Don't have your liked. ending and then reshoot a scene we've already fucking seen, except not have Colin Firth, the best actor in the movie, in it. Yeah. Who who he does just disappear as well, doesn't he? It's kind of weird. Like he dies and then. All right, and bizarre. Oh, don't worry, Sam. He's back in the sequel. He's back in the next one. What I'd like to let's let's talk about this and then we can move on. But I'd like to just think of the ending of being like a moment where we get the new guy taking over, and he's now the, the Mark Strong's now the head of the thing because Michael Caine was a baddie. Oh, shocker! Like all of these things, and then we get a new a new generation of of the Kingsmen, and they're updating the suits, and maybe they've got some like adidas stuff in the window now because they're like you know just give us a little bit of flavor about what the world is like after this and even if it's just a and you know because the king's been infiltrated everywhere we used our international connections we installed lots of governments and we got everything sorted don't worry about it give me some voiceover give me anything just like not what i don't want is for this guy to be you know biffing the princess I, oh. up the bum that's an important point because the movie thinks it's the funniest thing in the movie. Yeah. 
but I can imagine many, you know, people standing up in the cinema clapping, going, fantastic. Hey, what a- Sam, if you're an Etonian, what's one thing poor people love? Anal sex. Exactly. They love it. Depraved. <laughs> anyway, it's so weird. It, I did enjoy this movie. It does leave a bit of a bit of taste in your mouth when you watch the ending, though. But, like... The more you think it about is it, a the fun worse watch. it gets. It is a, it is yeah. a fun watch, and it's enjoyable. Yeah. And I, I, the violence is cartoonish, which is the, to its credit. It's funny, you know, and it is violent as sin and a bit like Kick-Ass, but it, it's it's fun in that. And the and a part of that is the way it looks. And I think, again, I think technically it's quite a good movie. I think the, the fight scenes are generally shot pretty well. The one in the church with Colin Firth is probably like that's your that's your central like action mm. set piece, isn't it? And it works really well. I thought it's, it's all fine. Feels like a totally different movie, you know. But anyway, anyway. At least it's not the second one, Sam. The second one is, if anything, we it's they're like you're not stupid, stupid, stupid chasm. We can go deeper on the Mariana Trench of stupidity in the second movie, where. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what the what the agency's called, but they go to America, right? And the movie takes place in America. And there's like a uh, statesman is the name. And they're a whiskey company. They make whiskey. Um, but they're, that's a front for the... They're basically the American Kingsmen. Uh, and they all have some amazing uh, uh, names. I think the, the main guy is like Champagne. And you've got Pedro Pascal playing whiskey. And um, a character called Tequila as well. Um, and it's just uh, very, very deeply silly in a way that this movie kind of like... Again, we jumped the shark in the second movie. Um, you know, Elton John's being kidnapped and is being held hostage and chained to a piano. It's um, a bit wild. Um, so at least we didn't have to watch the second one. Um I'm going to refuse on that basis. Just <laughs> It's very stupid. I mean, in a way, it makes you think more fondly of this movie because um, this, this, this movie isn't quite that stupid. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of stupid, let's, uh, let's move on to this. Yes, that music can mean only one thing. It's a semi-relevant movie quiz. The quiz where we try and stump each other with stupid questions about 2014's King and Secret Service. We've got three questions each, and whoever gets the most questions right wins a really pretentious Savile suit. Wow. I look forward, Dave, to seeing you uh, stuffed into one. <laughs> Sorry. Unbelievably Very rude. rude. <laughs> Unbelievably rude. Right. Uh, I want to go first. Because of my rudeness, you can go first. There's a good reason so I had a quote I, I bothered to copy and paste so I'm going to read it out about the movie since 1849 Kingsman tailors have clothed the world's most powerful individuals wanky uh, in 1919 a great number of them had lost their heirs to World War One. that meant a lot of money going uninherited don't worry King Charles will love that uh, and a lot of powerful men with a desire to preserve peace and protect life our founders realised that they could channel that wealth and influence for the greater good and so began our adventure an independent international intelligence agency operating at the highest levels of discretion without the politics and bureaucracy and limits um, <laughs> that undermine the intelligence of government-run spy organisations. Uh, a suit is the modern gentleman's armour and a kingsman agents are the new knights. Fucking 
get out. Well, you know, really, just the the, the plunky plunky music underneath, as you're saying, that just really adds to the the funniness yeah. of that fucking wanky bollocks. We didn't really talk about Michael Caine too much in this movie, um, which is fine. Um, it's a little bit ironic that Michael Caine, uh, famously from a working class background, um, who's built his career on his working class accent, um, and then ditched it. Yeah, go on. Uh, also famous tax exile, famous yeah. Tory, famous Brexiteer, um, famous cunt. Um, that's Ooh. right. That's right, Michael. You pull that l- ladder this... up behind you because other poor people do not deserve a chance. Yeah. Now, is, is this the question? He... <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Now he plays the head of this upper class spy organization, and then there's some irony there. But then not when you consider this this man's life. Um, in this movie, I, this is a bit of a this is just just bear with me here. The I'm movie trying. opens opens in the year 1997, which is the year that Eggsy's dad dies. That's right, when we were seven years old. So we are in fact even older. Okay, than keep the main going, keep going, movie. focus. We can. How do this. many films did Michael Caine make in 1997? Was oh. it A, okay. no films, B, two films, or C? Four films. I think Michael Caine's made about two hundred films in his in his fifty year career. He's made how many films? About two hundred, I think. Two hundred films. I'm trying to think of nineteen ninety seven movies. Um, would it help if I told you that of his nineteen nineties movies, I did not recognise a lot of them? Yeah, it feels like a bit of a a bust period for him. How many? What was my, what were my options again? Zero, two, and four. Okay. Zero doesn't feel right. Like I think he's making a movie a year because he's for two hundred movies. That's pretty prolific. So I reckon that's gonna. I reckon zero is off the table. That leaves with two or four. I'm trying to think of a single Michael Caine movie. I hope you've got them uh, from 1997. I can't. I'm gonna go two. Because I can't think of any. Uh, incorrect. Uh, oh. Michael Caine didn't make any movies in 1997. He didn't make any movies in 1997. Nope. If you'll bear with me one second. <clears throat> so that's no movies in 1997. No Caine, movies in 1997. In 1996, he made Blood and Wine, which I've never heard of. Um, in 1998, that. he made three movies. He made Shadow Run, Curtain Call, and Little Voice. Again, heard of any of them? What the fuck is happening? Nineteen ninety nine, Sam. Doing? The Cider House Rules. I have heard of that. I've not yeah, seen. Heard it. of that? The Debtors. Uh, Ninety four on Deadly Ground. Uh, Blue Ice. Noises Off. Bullseye. Mr. Destiny. Uh, Shock to the System. Uh, I'm skipping the only... ones you'd know, by the way. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of Michael Caine movies where it's like, well, I needed to pay my tax bill because I've insisted on coming back to the UK or I needed to add another wing to my mansion. Is Michael Caine making a movie? Yes, he is. That's right. That's right, right. Famously, um, Michael Caine said um, someone's... Uh, is it Michael Caine who said... It pays someone the said, someone's No, someone said, oh, did you ever see... Oh, you were terrible in the, this movie that was terrible. I can't remember what it was. And he said, oh, I never watched the, I never watched the picture, uh, but the house it bought was lovely. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's very much uh, that guy. Next question. Next question. Right. So this is a franchise. This is a full fledged because we can't have just a movie anymore. We aren't allowed to just make a movie. 
Um, so, how many Kingsman movies have been made and are in development? So, total. Well, so, I total. Think... Have we got options? We have. Oh, their options are three, five, or seven. So, again, this is movies that have been released and movies that have been announced. So, I nearly did the classic uh, mistake of loading up Disney or whatever this was on, typing in Kingsman and then going, oh, for fuck's sake, just name, just name them by numbers. Kingsman, Kingsman 2, Kingsman 3. And the first one, the, the third one in the list is just called The Kingsman, I think, or something similar. The Kingsman. Doesn't have, doesn't have the, um, the subtitle, which I nearly watched. I blowed it up and went... This is from 2021. I think that movie has Rasputin in it, by the way. Just I don't know if that if that would influence your decision to watch it at all. That look, it looked like that from, and I was so, so luckily I noticed and didn't watch an entirely separate Kingsman Kingsman movie. Yeah, to Disney you, doesn't give you been. the year when you when you search it, whereas I think a lot of the other services give you the, the year it was made. Yeah, so I know there are three Kingsman movies. I think two, maybe two were theatrical, and, and one might just be a streaming one, which means. But I'm going to go five because I think this this is a big franchise. It's made loads of money, and that means we've got two more in development. Correct. Uh, there yes. are five. So there's this this movie, which was Kingsman, Kingsman colon the Secret Service. I fucking hate colons in movie titles. By the way, I was going to mention it off the top. Um, Fuck you, colons. Take that. It's just like, just fucking name your movie. I know it's hard. It's hard to think of names. Again, we are the Imaginary Movie Podcast, and that's a shit name. I get it. I get it. It's hard. Um, Kingsman colon The Golden Circle. Yeah, that's the second one, isn't it? Yep. And in development in the main series is Kingsman colon The Blue Blood. And I'll wait. So, how is that a departure from any of the other movies which are quite blue bloody? Anyway, that's in development again. Not no No date announced, but they are. In theory, work Good on it. Stuff. Good stuff. Now, right. there's a prequel series, um, and that's The Kingsman, which was a theatrical release, I believe. Small theatrical release. But, but that's 21, the pre- first so, prequel. Yeah, like yep. mid COVID, yeah. Yeah. And then there's The Kingsman, colon, we're fucking back to colons. We love colons in this series. The Traitor King, um, which I haven't looked at, but. That must be about Edward. What's his face? Got to be right. I don't know. I mean, it just sounds. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Into, I'm, I'm not subscribing to any of this. I'm not going to watch any. Would you like to hear movies. about the rest of the franchise, Sam? <sighs> yes, yes. Yes, you would. Um, Archer. In 2017, Fox released an animated crossover short film between Kingsman and Archer, which I mentioned during the episode. Brilliant. Um, which is terrifying and they're also making this has been announced but not not released uh, and i don't know if it's been cancelled since um statesman that's right the american version of kingsman uh, which if you if you'll remember sam where all of the they all their code names are all booze so it's champagne and whiskey and tequila um amongst others uh, they're making a statesman tv series which is going to premiere on disney plus apparently wow well, let me tell you why. Because these movies have made from budgets of the around eighty. The prequel didn't make much, I don't think. But no, yeah, four hundred. The, the first two made four hundred million each. Nine hundred and fifty-one million dollars worldwide gross for 
those three movies on a budget of 300 so we are cashing in all the way to the bank and you know just like michael kane's house uh, this is all good stuff Ka-ching. <laughs> question three question three you actually sort of um ruined a little bit oh um, no basically uh you said the name so that the, my, the question was going to be uh, what was the name of mark strong's character um, and I'm going to read you the options because I thought this was a pretty good question until you said the name of the character on the episode. Um, so I said his Bond name is Merlin. So what's his real name? And the options were Hamish Mycroft, Angus mm-hmm. Watson, or Sherlock Macduff. And I thought you wouldn't have got that. <laughs> I really, really did think you wouldn't I have got that. I, I, I might have remembered Merlin if you'd reminded me that they're all based off, uh, you know, King Arthur uh, names, but only for reading on Wikipedia, Dave, just because I wanted to be, I wanted to rag on his terrible accent, uh, Mark Strong. Yeah, so, uh, which I understand. So I have I'm a, I saying, have a, I have a, an emergency backup question, which I've been furiously googling for the last five minutes. <laughs> okay. Oh, very good. Here we go. So, how many points have I got? Have I got one point? So one. Far? You've got one because you didn't yeah. get the first, the first question. Cool. Um, I was going to make it a Michael Caine themed quiz, but then I just couldn't find anything interesting enough about Michael Caine's career. <laughs> Which sounds bizarre, but it was just, you know, you had to have a chance to get it and you wouldn't have. If I'd said, name a movie Michael Caine made in the 1990s, for instance, I wouldn't have known any anyway. Anyway, Go so on. the third question is, in this movie, uh, the, the Kingsmen, the, the spies, they go by codenames inspired by Arthurian legend. <laughs> so, and we, and we meet two Kingsmen. So at the beginning of the movie, Jack Davenport's character is killed, which spurs the rest of the plot in that we are casting about to replace that character, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So what is the name, conversely, of Colin Firth's character? Um, so I want Colin Firth's spy name, right? He has a code name, right? So Colin first, Arthurian legend, spy name. Code name. Is it A, Lancelot, B, Galahad, or C, Gawain? These were all Knights of the Round Table. I can read you more Knights of the Round Table. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good question, Dave. That's an interesting question to uh, to drill down on. And I wonder if, wonder if we might see some of that later. I think it is. I don't. It's not Lancelot because that's the replacement. That's Roxy. She becomes. That's Lancelot. why I didn't ask you that because I thought you'd probably know that because we say it a million times in this movie. They do say it a million times. Also, Lancelot's pretty recognisable, isn't it? It's probably He's the, the main guy. He's the main guy. After yeah, Arthur. other than Arthur and Merlin. Um, I think that Eggsy becomes Galahad at the end of the movie. I'm pretty sure that happens. I'm, I'm remembering Yeah, correct. Um, and so, based on that, does he take on Colin Firth's uh, name? Yeah. And so the answer is Galahad. Correct. Yes! It's a weird choice. I was, I was looking at this it. Arthurian thing, and I won't ruin your questions, but... Honestly, that was like 
can Stop honestly talking. find the one I could easily pronounce. Stop talking. Stop talking. Because otherwise you will destroy my final question. Good. So I'm I'm glad I've destroyed your question, just like you destroyed my question. Well, fucking pick less obvious questions then. You know. I, I mean, thought. I... I thought those. I thought that was a good question. It was very good, other than the fact because that we're usually just... terrible with character names, especially like boring Mark Strong characters. I know. I know. But I just happened to read it this one time. I'm really sorry, Dave. And if it if it had Merlin first, I would have just read Merlin and not even considered. <laughs> <laughs> his actual name so really it's wikipedia been... that fucked me for being accurate for once yeah yeah so we've we have come up on all of the questions i think we're kind of uh uh some similarities here so i'll dive into my three and we'll see who's going to be the winner this week so question one the kingdom movie all features pretentious upper class men wearing savile row suits but how much on average does one cost is it A, £5,000, B, £7,000, or C, £11,000? We're looking at average cost. This isn't scientific. What do we think? Now, Savile Row is a thing that I've heard of because of Ponzi films like, like this. Um, Real place, London, full of suits. It's a place yeah. where you buy suits. You can go um, to Savile Row and you can get suits. Yeah. Now, um, I've never spent £5,000 on a car so obviously I'm a bit outside of the Savile Row suit market. God, what a fucking loser! He hasn't even spent <laughs> hasn't even spent several thousand pounds on suits, and they said how much it was then. <laughs> the the, the so that Arrested my... Development thing. I'm the guy in the seven thousand dollar suit. <laughs> yeah. The, um, only, the only the only thing that I can come even vaguely close to is the hiring of uh, suits that you wore at my wedding. <laughs> For a day. By the way, I'm glad we hired those because when the fuck am I going to wear tartan trousers ever, ever again? I know. That's right. Never. Um, so on wedding five... suits, I don't mean to make this longer. I have gotten, <laughs> I'm so proud of myself here. My A friend of mine insisted we buy, buy the suits for his wedding from this outlet place. And so I have this blue tweed suit, which I have now worn. I, on Next Saturday, I will have worn it to four weddings, which I think is... More good. than I thought I'd ever wear. Pretty it. good. Um, yeah, much more. Anyway, than I think a Savile Row suit runs you around seven thousand pounds. Although seven. I suspect you could spend what you want to spend. I mean, obviously, yeah. This is this is not scientific. This is like the average cost, but it's not the answer that I have for. Oh, ow! It's actually five thousand pounds between five, four and a half five thousand pounds for a Savile Row suit. Probably the lower grade one, you know, like if you're really slumming it. I imagine you can go up to whatever you want, gold encrusted fucking wanky shit that you can buy from Savile Row. So there we go. Question two. Colin Firth is known for his hammy rom-coms, but he's also in another spy movie based on the deception operation to disguise the invasion of Sicily in World War Two. Follow me. What was the name of that military operation and the movie that Colin Firth is in. Is it Operation Mincemeat, Operation Overlord or Operation Husky? So this is, you'll remember, I fucking when they, hold on, they, 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 they got a guy who had died and they yeah, dressed yeah. him up in a, mili in, a, in a British military uniform, filled his 
pockets and bags and everything with like papers marked secret <laughs> secret don't read this nazis look and basically convinced the um the the germans that they weren't going to invade sicily they were going to invade somewhere else i think oh, maybe like towards uh, uh genoa or something and it worked and this body whoever he was this guy ended up you know saving thousands of life in his death so uh, read me the answers again Operation Mincemeat, Operation Overlord, or Operation Husky? Operation Mincemeat is a thing, and I want you, you have to tell me what it actually is afterwards. I'm fairly sure it's Operation Overlord. Uh, but for some reason, all I can think of is Operation Urgent Fury from the Vietnam War. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just that's, I think it's Kissinger dying. It's just made me very fixated on a, on a certain period of time. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's Overlord. I think it's Overlord. Uh- Urgent Fury was the invasion of Granada, I think, wasn't it? By the Americans oh, was in the 1980s. Yeah, Fuck so that was, like, still weird. Like, fucking Granada? What? So these are all real operations, uh, I would say. I haven't made any up. And you, you, you're locking in on Operation Mincemeat. No, I said Operation Overlord. Operation Overlord, right. Okay, no yes. problem. It was, in fact, Operation Mincemeat. Operation Overlord. That doesn't seem was... overly optimistic, does it? Operation yeah, Shrapnel Injury. Operation, Operation Dead Paratroopers. Was D Day. So you were so close. Operation Overlord was D Day. And Operation Husky mm. was the actual invasion of Sicily itself. Damn. So, Dave, we are two for two, and you lost on my history question as well. Tenuously linked to this movie. Very disappointing. <laughs> Let's see if you can um, redeem yourself with another history Wipe question. Face. Yeah, this would be nice. And this is where we nearly had a very similar uh, vein here. This movie features code names based on the Knights of the Round Table, which of the following isn't from King Arthur's Court? Is it A, Percival, B, Tristan, or C, Joseph? One of these is not a Knight of the Round Table. What's we thinking? What's you go into those shitty fantasy books you've read so many of, and think about all of the all of the Arthurian legends are just dripping from the page. I think Tristan definitely is one because I certainly remember reading the name on the article three minutes ago. Um, so that's not terribly interesting. Um, Percival sounds. I, see, I'm torn really because Joseph's definitely Jesus's dad, right? And I'm not saying more than one person can't have. Well, obviously God, but, uh, you know, Joseph is the name of Jesus' earth dad. Um, I'm, I'm a big, um, Bible historian, you understand. It's earth dad. It's earth dad, that's right. <laughs> Jesus' stepdad, yeah. right? The guy was banging Jesus' mum, right? Yeah. Um, no, he didn't. He was that called was Joseph. Point. He didn't. That's been established. It was immaculate. And there's also there's also Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, and I'm, again, I'm, not, I'm a bit unclear on... The actual relation to the to the Bible there, but again, Joseph is a very biblical name. It's very very biblical. Okay, and Arthurian well, like, legend is a lot more is a lot more Celtic. Um, and mm. Percival was it Percival? Percival, Tristan, or Joseph? So Tristan is definitely like it's fucking Welsh as shit. Tristan's Welsh as shit. That's fine. It's definitely Arthurian, right? I think Percival definitely is. So I think the one that isn't is Joseph again, because there's a lot of Josephs about, you know. Not a very Joseph sexy name. Of, of Arimathea. 
Joseph of Arimathea. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who that is, but it's a name from Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. The Last Crusade. Um, Joseph, Jesus' stepdad, you know. Joseph uh, Sellers, our good friend. You know, jo- like this. Exactly. Like evil genius Joseph Sellers. Joseph um, Stalin, obviously. Way. Joseph is everywhere. So Not, we, all, we... All, jo- Joseph Sellers and Stalin, obviously, post-date Arthurian <laughs> legend, certainly. Um, both, but, e- both should be... Uh, spoken about in equal terms, I think. I think. I think my ma- my major overriding point is that I think that um, the Arthurian legends were invented by um, some guy at Oxford in like the sixteen eighties or something. Yeah. So I need an answer. Joff- Je- Jeffrey of Monmouth? which? Which? which Joseph. Is- I think Joseph is the one that isn't an Arthurian name. Dramatic pause. It's correct. You've got a point. You've managed to save it, Dave. You've got through. My seven-year with... Bible PhD is, um, that, that's the correct term, Bible PhD. Bible PhD. Um, from well, um, Church College. Well done. Well, you completely fucked the other ones, but you got the last one in the end. <laughs> I think, how many did I get right to? Two. Do you just want me to, um, just just briefly? Uh, no, we don't. No. We have on the selected members, we have... Acalon, Agravain, Arthur, Bagdemagus, Bagdemagus. This is um, Bedivere, Bors, Bruno, Cador, Caradoc, Dagonet. You see, there's a lot of names I would have instantly known were Arthurian <laughs> just based on how stupid they were. And Joseph is not stupid enough. I'm going to give you a smattering of applause for your single point and a heavy applause for me. <laughs> that's the end of the game we have done it we've got through another quiz we've got through another movie and uh i think you know like we're it's all coming up millhouse for me as the winner of this episode this was a good movie i will just last point good movie i don't this isn't this isn't like a recrimination we all re- regret the time we spent doing that um no no, we didn't. But I think definitely... It's a movie am... with some pop that I look forward to never watching or thinking about again. Exactly. Exactly. So we will and not that's do fine. sequels. And that's fine. It's okay. It's okay. I just feel like we want to be really... Next week, I want to be feasting on something. I want to be feasting on something that's just going to really nourish us. You know, like it's going to give us something that we are going to be... We're going to walk away sated and not have this... Slightly unsatisfied feeling that I'm currently. We could do a white guy movie. Um, I suppose the trouble is that some of them maybe haven't aged, like, as well. Maybe like we could do a, mm. we could do Batman Begins. I know there was a Batman bit of a moratorium Robin. for a while on Batman movies, obviously. Um, but that's a Nolan film. It's yeah. I haven't seen it in forever. It's a bit more self serious. It's a total yeah. fucking white guy picture. Yeah, it stars think, famed ra- famed racist Liam Neeson. I I think there's lots of movies that we could do that hit that kind of real sweet spot of us just indulging <laughs> yeah, ourselves. Christopher Nolan has made lots of the, those movies. He's made almost list. all of them. Yeah, <laughs> almost all of them. That was what my other thing about Michael Caine is. He is in so many Chris Nolan movies. He's he's part of the Chris Nolan cinematic universe. However, Dave, before we go, I know the movie we're going to do, and you're going to love it. It's going to be great. And I'm going to keep talking, so there's absolutely no way that you can object to next week us sitting down and watching two hours 
38 minutes, there will be blood. See you next week. We've never gone back on that, ever. (laughs) 